face it, 2020 has been a dumpster fire, and this holiday season is going to look a little different. You aren't going to any ugly sweater parties, cuffing season is pointless, and forget about Secret Santa. Hang out with us, Molly and Andrea, as we break down your favorite Lifetime and Hallmark-style holiday movies. We've lived together for 10 years. We love snacks, we love wine, and we can't go anywhere right now. We're just two roommates that adore Christmas movies. Throughout this podcast, we will recap 2020's newest Christmas movies while infusing our personal experiences into the mix. It's cozy. It's funny. It's a palate cleanser from this wild, wild year. So relax. Pour yourself a seasonal libation and let's get into it. Hello. Today's episode features Christmas on the Vine. It debuted on Lifetime in November 2020. Directed by Paul A. Kaufman. Written by Dwayne Poole. Starring Juliana Gill and John Kaur. Let's get into it. Marketing pro Brooke Sherman is tasked with saving a family-owned winery. She helps Tyler, the owner, rebuild his brand and his Christmas spirit. Wow, yeah. If there was ever a movie like this made for us, this one is This it. was it. I mean, honestly, the contents of the movie made no difference. We were already in. Oh, yeah. Christmas wine. Yeah. I mean, we're here. We are totally here for it. So, essentially, this whole movie starts with the main character, Brooke, sitting at a business dinner with her boss. We learn she's in the marketing world, she's doing really well, and the boss presents this opportunity for her with Lockwood Winery is having a lot of trouble, and they need help. And you would never guess where the winery is located, actually. You're never going to believe it. No, you're not. It's in Brooke's hometown! Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I actually, for a moment there, was like, where, where was it? Where was <laughs> I saw I didn't eye, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, of course, uses that as a selling point to, to get the account. Exactly. I also really enjoyed Brooke's um, restaurant behavior. She was super polite to the server. They poured a taste for her. She said, oh, it's fine. Like, whatever. Have you, as a server, Molly, ever had anyone send wine back? Yes, I have. Uh, I I can think of one instance where I was working at a big chain restaurant downtown in Chicago, and I had a man... I poured him one sample. He said, nope, sent it back. A second sample said, nope, sent it back. And at that point, I got my manager involved and I said, I don't really know what to do for this man. And you should take over because he is not, he's just not happy. Right. So she works it out. He gets a wine, a bottle of wine. I would just like to, for the whole audience to know, I want to let you know the point of a wine tasting When a server pours you a taste of wine, it is not so that you can decide whether or not you like the wine and keep it. No! The whole point is simply for you to taste the bottle to make sure that it hasn't gone bad. That is the only reason that that taste is poured. And look, sometimes it is actually corked. Yes. Sometimes it is corked, and you're right to send it back. I people send it back, and they were right, but most of the time, people don't know what they're talking about. One time, I remember I would ever... I was serving. I was waiting on this guy. There's nobody else in my section who's sitting alone. He ordered a bottle of white wine. And he did this, like, song and dance with the cork. Like, he started chewing on it at one point, And then he proceeded to gurgle the wine, like, mouthwash. Like, his whole chin up and everything. Like, here I am just, like, sitting here holding, like, somebody help me, please. It was so awkward. 
Did he keep the wine? Yeah, he kept it. Thank well, God. Yeah. And I'm also pretty sure, and I could be wrong about this, but from my wine knowledge, corks mean nothing. You, It's an old tradition to put it on the table right. so you could smell the cork because the wine has Yeah, during has wine service, you're supposed to like let them inspect yes. it. But, but I, those aren't even around anymore. Right. It's, it's all plastic corks and caps now, which, by the way, if anybody's wondering, it's actually better for the wine. Yeah, there's such a stigma against twist-offs. Yeah, it's better. It There is a less likely that it will be corked or have gone bad. And cork trees, if you didn't know, are going extinct as well. So they do have to eventually completely move in a different direction. That is a hot take, and that is very good information. People need to know this. <laughs> so, People need to know this. A little wine knowledge for you before we really get <laughs> into this gonna, movie. We're you warmed up. You're getting yeah. a nice little base layer. <laughs> um, so pretty quickly, Brooke heads right to her hometown, right to the vineyard, and she meets Tyler. And she recognizes him pretty fast. He doesn't recognize her, but I guess they were classmates. He was a couple years older. Yeah, she was like, oh, you played football. And he's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) They seem okay about each other. No real immediate connection. No, no. Uh, But she is there to meet with his mom, who is the true owner of this winery. And they, they chat about how they can immediately start improving uh, business. Yeah, Brooke is going to revamp the whole marketing of the winery. And Evelyn's in. Evelyn is sold. So she hits the ground running the next morning. She gets up, goes into town, grabs a hot apple cider, as one does, and runs into Tyler just as she's about to purchase a book that he has written. I mean, the title of this book is unbelievable. Ingenious. It's completely original. It's thought-provoking. It's... It almost makes you, you have to really think about what's going to be in this book before you get it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrea? It's wine. Yep. The wine. book is entitled wine. It's just wine. Which you definitely have my attention. 100%. <laughs> uh, so she says to him, oh, you have a book? You've, you've written a book? This is great. Why haven't I seen it on the shelves in your wine store? Hello. His response was, I don't want people to think I'm bragging. You got to brag, honey. You got to brag. You got to sell those books and make that money, honey. Yeah. And she's like, no wonder your business is failing, you <laughs> moron. So she's like, why don't we just like go get some burgers at the local diner and just talk about it? Yeah. So they go and they they chat for a little bit. It's, it's a pretty whatever scene. And then they leave. Right. Actually, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. When you go to a diner, what do you order? Oh, Oh, okay, okay. I, I'm a simple girl. I love a grilled cheese. A grilled cheese at a diner is heaven for me. That is a fantastic answer. I feel like that is one, you know something they can't mess up, even yeah. at midnight. Yes. Uh, if you're there for, for a late night snack it's after a night so of drinking. It's just so comforting, yeah. I, yeah. Feel like if it's, I feel like if it's a burger or anything, I love, don't get me wrong, I love a burger, but I just feel like there's something so comforting about a grilled cheese. I mean, if they had tomato soup to boot, I'd be in heaven. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What about you? Oh, breakfast all day, every day. If I'm in a <laughs> diner, no matter what, I love breakfast so much. I'm such a breakfast food gal. Right, you I love are. Eggs, you are. Potatoes. I love it all. And so uh, I'll usually go for an Eggs Benny. Oh. But if I'm not really feeling like it's going to be a good Eggs Benny, then I'll, I'll just... Go with a simple... I don't mean to get off on too, but too much of a tangent, but didn't you get, like, a fish omelet somewhere? <laughs> oh, boy. Allie, if you're listening. Uh, 
just a quick little tidbit. <laughs> it was a terrible mistake. Had been drinking wine heavily the night before. Got little sleep. Went to my nephew's hockey game that was far away. And we were very hungover. And we stopped at a diner on the way back to eat food. And at this point, I thought I would be okay. But I wasn't. I must have still been drunk. So the hangover was only kicking in now. Oh, no. And I ordered a crab omelet. <laughs> and Allie and everybody... I've got my sunglasses on. I order that. And everybody just stops and completely judges me and they had every right but I did eat it about three hours later while after my nap in the basement in the dark I love the image of everyone being like oh I love the server being like nobody's ever actually ordered that (laughs) I think that's what happened but I also love seafood at the time it seemed it might be something I would order maybe not in a diner it doesn't sound so bad at more of a fancy brunch place I've had a crab cake benny before Ooh, crab that's oh, Max. Maybe that's, that's Max. what I wanted yeah. and they didn't have it. So I, I, this is what I chose. They're like, we're in a landlocked state <laughs> yeah. right now. This is uh, no bueno. Uh, but that is too funny. Um, so they, <laughs> yeah, so they finished their diner meal. That's pretty much the end of that night, actually. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. they run into her sister real quick, which. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Which was just something to note because. Brooke is so happy and she's so cheerful and she loves Christmas and she loves her family. But the interaction was so nonchalant. Yeah, it was like you were just seeing like someone very, very, very casually just like waved high and kept it very surface. Yeah, and the sister was like, I gotta go. Like, I'll see you later, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that seemed very (laughs) casual. Her sister was like, who doesn't live there is just running it, like, stay into town. And you talk about her all the time. And Evelyn earlier was so nice to invite Brooke to stay. So they're headed back to Tyler and Evelyn's house. Yes. And they stay there. It's fine. The next morning, Brooke wakes up and she starts decorating the winery. It looks super cute. Tyler walks in. They do a super impromptu wine tasting. Which is something to talk about. Because both of us were fairly impressed with how they went about this wine tasting and it's pretty true to what a wine tasting would look like they did their homework for sure for sure they did their homework he got all the right moves if i had to be truly truly nitpicky there was just one thing i would have liked perhaps a bit of a twist on the bottle as he poured as opposed to him like very gingerly like holding the neck of the bottle as he poured but other than that, that's just me being right. critical. And, and he was great. And they did their homework. It was good. Yeah. And that's a hot tip for anybody listening. Yeah. When, if you want to look like a real profesh when pouring maybe a date, some wine, uh-huh. or some in-laws, put that little twist on it. It prevents it from spilling too much. No drippage. Yeah. There should be no drippage if you do it right and quick. So hot tip, Andrea. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. After that, they go snow tubing very briefly. Yes. Andrea, have you ever done anything like that? Snow tubing, skiing? What was your, what were your winter activities like growing up? We would go sledding. For sure we would go sledding. We had a sled, like just like a plastic thing. I think we had one of those like The discs. saucers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had one. Those were the best. Yeah. Those were super fun. Um, what about you? Yeah. I have gone snow tubing a couple times at like at a local mountain type place for birthday parties. Oh, right. Parties. You had mentioned that. I think I must have gone... There was one in town. I think I must have gone. If I did, it was only once, but it looks so fun. Yeah, it was only a couple of times, maybe. That's a big maybe. I don't I don't yeah. know. But I never, skiing was not a family event. I've never I never, never did skiing, that kind no. of stuff. We never did mountain snow activities. So it's always <laughs> interesting to see 
people go to their hometowns in these movies, and this was just something so natural. Totally. It's a really cute little day they have, and afterwards they're kind of walking through the vinery, and all of a sudden this huge gas-guzzling, like, Escalade type of car rolls up, and we meet Carla. Carla. And without any moment of hesitation, as soon as the car pulled up, we knew it was about to happen. We knew we were about to meet our villain, okay? Our Ursula Award, without a doubt, goes to her. The nomination has been made. Yes. And she is the owner of this winery, the Kilgore Wines. Yes. That is taking over all these little, the little guys. Yeah. And she steps out of her car and... Basically, Killjoy is like, I know her name is Kilgore, but I keep writing down Killjoy because that's essentially what she does. She basically walks out of the car and she's like, did you consider my offer? And he's like, whoa, no, this is in my, Lockwood is my winery. It's been in my family for years. And Brooke backs him up and she's like, this is not going to happen. Like, back off, lady. Yeah, she's like, I got this. And we also find out something that even makes her more of a villain is that the deadline to decide on her offer to buy is at midnight on Christmas Eve. It is. Oh, we should also mention who plays her. Oh, yes, of course. The one and only, the queen, Meredith Baxter. Yeah, and she's she's amazing. We're talking about simply her character here. She's killing it because she is so evil. She makes this deadline to decide, you need to sell me your family's winery by midnight on Christmas Eve. Yes. Who's doing business on Christmas Eve anyway? Uh, of course, nobody. She's just doing it to mess with them. Absolutely. It's all about a mind game with this lady. And it doesn't even make sense because she mentions that she wouldn't even be obtaining it until the spring. Yeah. Assuming that they fail. Right. It's so rude. And she's Ursula through and through. Through and through. By the way, all these wineries sound like Game of Thrones families. <laughs> like Kilgore, Lockwood. Like they all Yes, <laughs> they do. They do. Well, hopefully we don't have a red Christmas coming around. Oh my god. I'm so proud of you for that reference. Thank you. I've never watched the show. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That was amazing. Uh, but they... They, this doesn't get them down. Brooke's spirits are still high. She's resilient. She says, we're going to do this, Tyler. Yeah, she keeps it moving. She definitely keeps it moving. She and Tyler make these, like, wreaths for the town. Brilliant idea. Yes. She uses them. They put a little tag and they're gifts saying, mm-hmm. Merry Christmas from the Lockwood Winery. And it's a great, simple and effective way to bring people back in for the holidays. And it works. And they totally do. Actually, one of the uh, townspeople was so pleased with this wreath that he was like, oh, I have ample amounts of Christmas decorations in my like shed or whatever in storage, and you should use them. So they take them to the winery, and they deck out the winery. Like, outside. Um, and, it looks unbelievable. Yes. And immediately we see that it is bringing in more revenue. There's some kids running around. There's parents there. They're ready to buy some wine for the holidays. And then we go inside and Brooke has made oh something gosh. I've always aspired to make. She makes this wine bottle Christmas tree. It is a Christmas tree comprised entirely of wine bottles. And it looks so cool. It looks so cool. Yes. And then there was a moment that was off-putting. Yeah, they were, Brooke and Tyler, our leads in this film, are standing by the tree, just kicking it, hanging out, and this stranger comes up and says, like, smile, (laughs) let me take a photo of you. They do it, and then she's like, 
this is going on Instagram. And her personal Instagram. <laughs> and they're like, what? She walks away. I'd be like, excuse me, yeah, what? It's like, please hashtag the winery. Yeah, I guess. It's very bizarre. Very weird. We also learn a cute little story oh, from yeah. Tyler's childhood. No, this was super cute. We find out from Tyler's mom that when he was a kid, unbeknownst to him, both his dad and uncle dressed up like Santa Claus one year. Yes. And... In order to recover from this, they tell yeah. him that Santa is a twin. They, yeah. They're, they're, they're twins. <laughs> Which is so adorable. Such a quick recovery. And so through all throughout his childhood, he would put out two plates of cookies, two glasses of milk. He would, he would write two letters to Santa. Exactly. It was so adorable. We just really thought that anecdote was too shade of the writers on that one. Absolutely. Then we move into... Carla Killjoy, she's having this board meeting essentially with everyone in the town and they're having a meeting about what the Christmas Eve Christmas fair is going to entail. Like, what does this look like for the town this year? And she is being her evil little self. Yeah. And she says, this Christmas fair will have no children, my friends. It is adults only. Which is amazing for a wedding, but Christmas Eve, I don't think so. Yeah, I guess that it, since it's on Christmas Eve as well, maybe if it was a little further out and you wanted to have an adult-only event, I can understand that. But also, just like the phrase adults-only just sounds so pervy. It does. I'm not sure she actually says adults-only, but that's what I took from that. Yeah, and Brooke is like, oh, I can't wait for, like, the elf toss. And Killjoy is like, um, we are sophisticated. That is not happening, okay? Yeah, so, of course, Brooke... Being who she is, the the little elf that she calls herself says, no, 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 Ursula, uh-uh. Lockwood Winery will be hosting. Yeah. The or, we'll, we'll be hosting a kids, a more family-friendly event leading up to Christmas. That's right. Exactly. It's going to be very family-centric activities happening at their winery. And she executes this, I would say, immediately. Yes. <laughs> so the next scene we see. Yeah are a bunch of little tykes on <laughs> yeah. a hayride, and they're all having fun, all kind of yelling at each other. And some of them even have cups in their hands. We're talking little kids here, people. Yes. Tiny. Yeah. Tots. And Brooke takes a photo of them, and she hashtags it with Lockwood Wine Hayride. We immediately yes. started busting out laughing, because, like, are these kids wasted or what? Yeah. Like, if you're having a hayride and, like, adults are on it, great. Yes, you should, you know, if you're gonna, the idea of it's great, and the idea actually was happening, was great. The adults were inside, the kids were outside, it was a great way to get people there without having to worry to get a babysitter. But just maybe think about the hashtag for a second longer. Just a second. I mean, you are you are in marketing. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag hayride for the kids while parents get drunk. I don't know. But yeah. I would, I would click that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But the scene overall is very charming. She has carolers in the room. The winery itself is so stunning. It's just rustic wood everywhere mixed with like chandeliers. Yeah. It's all these so little modern touches. Cute. I absolutely love it. I want to have an event there. I mean... I don't know what event it would be and what world that would be. Yeah. But if yeah. you can uh, rent it out for free and fly us out there, we'll make sure we throw a good party. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So after this, we see Brooke and Tyler go to Brooke's sister's play practice for the kids. 
There's a little pageant that we find out is happening that night, which is deeply stressful. <laughs> There's still painting sets over here, okay? But, you know, we've put together shows in short amounts of yes. time. That's fine. It's a children's theater show. Um, there's characters like an angel, a Christmas tree, etc. Molly, you've done children's theater. How would you rate this show? I would actually give it a solid nine. Yeah, that's a great rating. Okay, great. I thought it was adorable. It was adorable and it was smart because yeah. they have Santa in the middle and the kids are all on the line and their characters and they only have one line they have to say to Santa about what they want for Christmas. Boom. It, yes. So it's smart. You don't have a bunch of fidgety kids on stage who are, can't remember their line after this line. They know what's coming. It was adorable. It's true. And this is also where we're introduced for one of our favorite characters. In fact, I have to make a nomination. Oh, do it. Please do it. Brooke's nephew, Michael. Yeah. Who's also dressed as the Christmas tree. I nominate to be our unsung hero or Kathy Najimy award. Ugh, yes. I'm definitely on board with this nomination. He is so stinking cute. And his little glasses and everything he's saying is... I love when kid actors have like lines that are like adult thoughts and like they say it so naturally is like for example they're like you know you have to go talk to santa on stage and he's like nobody is gonna believe that's the real santa why would i do that and they're like because you're acting yes. it's just so cute and he he has this moment of thought and he just says i guess i'll improvise if i have to and he <laughs> runs away <laughs> oh he was so cute we loved him the play overall two thumbs up for sure and we think that's perhaps what inspired Brooke and Tyler to make a commercial the following day for the winery. Yes, and they had come up with the idea to have a cookie and wine tasting. And so they make a commercial to advertise it and bring people in. Yes, Carla Killjoy sees it in her room. They cut to her. It's like a dark room and she's watching the commercial. Very sinister. <laughs> Very sinister. She's pissed. Very pissed. <laughs> she hates it. She hates it. But now that they've promoted this cookie and wine event, now they must bake the cookie. So there's a little cookie baking montage. There is. It's super cute and it's adorable. We see Michael again, who really makes the scene. Yeah. It's great. But I actually have a question for you. Uh oh. If you were Brooke and in this position uh -huh. and in less than 20, you've made a commercial, you've offered this. Do you think you would actually have the time to make dozens and dozens of cookies? No. Would you? No. <laughs> I, I feel as the little event planner in me, I would absolutely either delegate that to somebody delegate, else yes. or just buy the cookies from a local bakery, therefore supporting another local Yeah, you're not. Place. Yeah, you're not being inauthentic. They're still homemade. She definitely overextended herself. And though her sister and nephew were, I'm sure, great helpers, I mean, they have to provide, I mean, hundreds of cookies. It just seems very ambitious. Absolutely. But we get to the tasting, and it goes well. Yeah. Except for one thing. Oh, yeah. It's a business deal. I guess it wasn't quite a deal yet. Well, there's a storm. Of course, there's always a storm in these towns. Right. So due to inclement weather, no distributors will probably show up to this event, which is essentially the entire reason they threw it. Yes. You know, they had lost them, and now they need them, and they're not showing up, and uh. time is running out. It's stressful. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? So the next day, Brooke finds Tyler's grandpa's diary. Yes. And which, he gets really, she gets really invested in it. Yes. It is his handwritten notes from when he was making wines and coming up with little blend formulas and right. little drawings of, of things. 
Yeah, I know it's not actually a diary. I just like calling it that. Oh it's no, like- <laughs> yeah, but it was a set. It was a wine diary. Yes. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine if we kept one of those? It would not be pretty. <laughs> Most of it would be scribble. It would look like the writings from the ring or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It would not. It would be in no way informative to anybody. So as Brooke is investigating this diary, she finds this quote recipe for a quote blend of wines. <laughs> um, and she decides to make it. So they cut to her with like all these like science speakers pouring different bottles of wine into like one large tube. Yes, and to be clear everyone, not how blend wines are made. Right, that's like me finishing a glass of wine and you open a new bottle and you're like, do you want, do you want to blend? <laughs> Just we, pour it on top of my old one. And I'll say, sure. But yes. that does not like a real life blend make. No, absolutely not. But apparently it's a hit. She's made a great blend. Right. And it was a recipe her from her grandpa that was like called Tyler's Blend or something. So it has emotional significance. And she does at one point, like she has a spoonful of sugar or she has like to help the wine go down. I don't know. She like she sprinkles some white powder into it, which I'm sure I can't speak on the total winemaking process. But adding sugar like that to a wine is horrid. <laughs> it is not the, the wine already has enough sugar in it, which you all know if you've ever drank wine and had a wine hangover. That's Oof. why your wine hangovers and the sulfates and everything are so bad. But don't add sugar to your wine, please. Right, but. She loves it. She's very pleased with herself. She's like, I killed it. Like, this is a Christmas blend. Like, this is going to save the day. Yes. And she, so she's left this tasting proud uh, with her sister visiting. And her sister informs her, uh, Brooke and Tyler, that the Christmas fair has been canceled. Oh, no. Oh, God. What could be worse? I know. The one thing that she's gone to every year of her life has been canceled. Surprise, surprise. Yes. So they pretty immediately don't skip a beat and say, we'll host it. We'll host it right here. Yes. But this has to be approved by this committee. Yes. And, of course, Carla Killjoy is there. And she's trying to stop it in any which way she can. But she fails. And it's a go. It's a greenlit event. And to celebrate... Tyler decides to take Brooke snowshoeing. Is that a term? Or is it just they're using that to get to their destination? I I don't know. No, I think it is. I think it is. It looks like a very undesirable activity for me personally. No. She didn't like it either. She was not pleased. No. And you know what else she didn't like? His kiss. Yeah, he kissed her. And she was just like, um, no, no, no. We have work to do, mister. Yeah. She says, stop distracting. You're getting, we're getting distracted. And he took that as, oh, I'm distracting you. And she says, no, no. we we're trying to save your winery here in the next 24 hours. Get your shit together, dude. Exactly. You know what? She's a business bitch and I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and she can hold her own. Yeah. So uh, after this, they're starting to get the whole fair set up at the winery. And Evelyn and Tyler are like, we have some couple, a couple of wines to try. Why don't you come in and help us pick one to serve for the fair? And she's like, oh, you know, yeah, I would love that. She kind of flexes and shows off her tasting knowledge. She's acquired some new vocabulary here. She's using words like robust. And berries, fruit forward, tannins, dry. acidity. Yeah, yes. she's saying it all. All those words. And she's like, yeah, these wines are good, but what do you think about this? And she, like, ducks under the counter and pulls out 
her secret blend. Also a weird place to store that. She had it ready. <laughs> she had it on the go. It's like their house in like a yes. weird kitchen cupboard. Yeah. And not only does she present this, mm-hmm. but she presents a new label for the brand, which... Without consulting either of them. It's a bold move. It is a bold move. It's yes. a cute label. And what does she say, Andrea, that actually intrigued us? Oh, she said that people buy wine based on the label. Do you find this to be true? A hundred percent. Yeah, we absolutely buy wine because of the label. A hundred percent. The design of it is like, oh, this is fun. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not like the smartest thing to do, but. No, but there, there are people that have their names that we know of and their labels are labeled and you know it's a good wine. But mm-hmm. if you're looking to try new wine, an affordable wine, you go based off a fun label. Yeah. Why not? And Tyler, he was not pleased by this, clearly. Oh, no. He very irrationally flips out at her. I don't know if, like, we were talking, maybe he had been, like, drinking wine just 24-7, and he was just in withdrawal at this moment that he was so cranky. Yeah, he refuses to taste a wine and to accept this new idea, which your winery is failing. You know this. She has been successful, extremely successful so far, in rebuilding your brand why I understand being upset because it is your business. And when somebody comes in like that, you're like, hold on a moment. Let's step on the brakes. But just say that, say, Hey, this may have been overreaching a bit, but maybe, but I'll try it. Let's think about it. Let's talk this through. Sure. But it begs the question, perhaps this is residual rage from her not being into his kiss. You are so right. The scene (laughs) happens pretty much right after. And that is, I think you're correct. I think he's peeved. He's peeved. He's, you know, his feelings are hurt. And he needs to get over it. He does. He gets it. Mom, finally, because she was like, her response is, I will finish this fair and I am out. Good luck. Yeah, she handles it very classy. But mom says, you're being an idiot. Try the wine. And of course, he says, oh, it's great. He loves it. He finds out the history that it was his grandpa's, quote, mm-hmm. recipe. Yes. And then we're at the fair. And it looks great. Brooke- Except... <laughs> For one moment. Yeah. It aesthetically is very adorable and pleasing, but Brooke has a very awkward encounter with Killjoy. She approaches her and offers her a job, and Brooke is like, oh, like, she's being nice and they're chatting, but she says to Brooke, like, you did an amazing job, and Brooke responds with, thank you, it's, like, reminding me of my childhood, and then Killjoy's like, I didn't have a good childhood, and, like, walks away, and we're just like, oh. Yeah, it was... Very awkward and clearly a way for the writers to put in a one-liner about why she's so bitter. Exactly. About all of this. Yes, exactly. It, it was unnecessary. You couldn't, she can just be, she can just be a hard-ass bitch for no, she doesn't have to have a bad childhood just to do that. We don't need to know that. that. Yeah. But she perpetuates her evil stereotype even further because she uh, approaches the owners of the winery, and she's like, it's almost midnight, did you make your decision? Wow, by the way, she's drinking the Christmas blend. And it looks tasty. Yes, she I is. would like to say overall, sometimes in movies, I take umbrage with the color and, like, of the wine that because they use in props. Like, sometimes it looks like it's clearly, like, it's really juice or it's super transparent. Yeah. But they did a really good job. Like, they it looks dark and realistic and delicious. Yeah, and there's way, there are juices that work pomegranate juice is dark maybe that's what it was a little thicker you throw a splash of sprite or soda water in there Hello. and it gives it a little bit of that fizz if that's kind of what you're going for or a little bit of body there's definitely ways to recreate a good wine and they did a good job on this one. Oh yeah i mean big time for sure 
So kudos to props around the film. Uh, so she says this, and in comes a friend who brings in a distributor who wasn't able to make it the other night at Cookies and Wine. Yes, and he takes them on. The winery is saved. Yes, great moment. But before this, there is a moment, <laughs> briefly before, that we need to address. We were startled. Extremely. So startled, we rewound to We actually sure we did. We correct. rewound. I was like, did she just? Okay. <laughs> so Kelly, the sister, they're all in their congratulatory moment, uh, or at least of everything. And she says to Tyler, hey, can you set aside a, a bottle of this wine for a New Year's Eve party? What? What party is this? I don't want to go. No, I won't be Please there. Please don't invite me to No, that. absolutely not. Can I have not. a bottle for my party? I was going to say, like, a bottle per person. Yes. Give me a case for my party. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Absolutely. So, just to note that uh, dear sister Kelly, she sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... After the fair, or honestly, maybe even during the fair, Brooke is like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I gotta get back to my life. Like, I'm over this. So she packs up her stuff. All happening in one night. Yeah, she doesn't even worry about, you know, taking her makeup off. I don't She's just like, I gotta get out of here. And she goes down the stairs to leave, and she's stopped by Evelyn and Tyler, and they give her a very sweet gift. They give her an ornament that uh, his grandfather had painted him. And we think it's all but over at this point. Then Tyler opens the door for her exit. Yeah. And we see snow falling. Right. I'm not sure if you remember this, <laughs> us talking about all of the snow events they've done earlier <laughs> in the movie. But a, this is a pivotal moment for her decision making. Yeah, she is all but in her car leaving and she sees the snow and then all of a sudden it has a change of heart. She's like, it's snowing. Can you believe it? I'm going to stay here. I'm leaving my job in L.A. to come move here and work at your winery with you. And they kiss. And it's over. And that is Christmas on the Vine. Wow. Okay. So I think we pretty much nailed down our Kathy and Jimmy and Ursula award. That's pretty obvious. What do you think about the Bechdel test? There were a couple times where it passed. It's always in the beginning, you know, when they're talking about work. Yeah. So yeah, I would say this more so than some of the others, because I feel like she was so career-oriented and driven. A lot of, like, when she was talking to his mom, he was she wasn't, like, pushing her son on him. They were actually talking about business. Yeah, even what, even that tiny, tiny little awkward moment between her and Carla when she asked her to come work for her. That's right. That, that would pass. Yeah, so there are some good moments in there. We like that. What about representation? There wasn't any. Yeah, not enough. No. Not enough. No. Andrea, I must ask, we've come oh, to our no. final moment. Oh, How no. would you rate this movie from cold cocoa to hot cider? Okay, this movie, I would say, do you know those big glasses of wine that you can, like, pour a whole bottle into? I have one. <laughs> I have never seen you use it, but I need to now. Okay, yes, we definitely need to experiment with that and use it more often. I would say that, yeah. Okay. He, uh, just a whole bottle of wine in that one glass. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, what about you? I would say this is, I would rate this like a mold cider or, or mold wine. I'm sorry, mold oh, wine. Sure. But a little overspiced. There were moments. Too many cinnamon sticks. Yes, too many cinnamon sticks. Yes. But otherwise, still comforting, still enjoyable, and still reminds you of the holidays while you're drinking wine. Boom, there it is. Thank you so much for joining us today on Quarantine Christmas. Be sure to check out our Instagram, Molly and Andrea Podcast, and we've curated a banging holiday playlist on Spotify called 
Quarantine Christmas podcast playlist. And most importantly, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, call your neighbor, text your ex. No, just kidding. Please don't do that. Spread the word about Quarantine Christmas. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.